0: michael jackson's thriller album stories in the room
1: this is michael jackson's thriller album stories in the room join film composer anthony marinelli who programmed synthesizers for seven songs on thriller and a and veteran film producer stephen ray who assisted quincy jones and was in the studio every day with quincy and michael
0: In the room. I'm Anthony Marinelli with my longtime close friend and co-host Stephen Ray, bringing you the real stories directly from the talented people in the room with us during the making of Thriller, the greatest selling album of all time. Let's welcome and share stories with loved recording and mix engineer Matt Forger. His vast resume is highlighted by a long, important relationship with legendary engineer Bruce Houdin and iconic producer Quincy Jones. His wide-ranging album work with Michael began on Thriller and continued through everything else involving Michael.
2: In this segment, Matt describes how everyone in the room working on Thriller were all grooving together with the flow of the song, as if they were thinking with one mind. Matt also reminds us how well-prepared Michael was. This was the moment every, everyone, everything everyone had done in their life up to that point
0: prepared them to be ready to create this. Yeah. Seems like they all knew it, too. It was a it, convergence. It was an
2: unspoken thing. Yeah. yeah. Well, it didn't oh, need yeah. to be
0: spoken because you feel it. As, as yeah. you said earlier, you feel now, that, too. Now, if you too, really want to get geeky
2: you know, about it, uh, there's a thing called the quantum field. And it's like there was, there was that in existence in that room. Yeah. Because it was as if there was one mind mm-hmm. at work. It got to the point when, when working with Bruce, I know what Bruce would want next. And when he would say, ask me for something, I'd say, it's already it's already." Right I remember there. that very it's well. ready for you. I remember that and Bruce, very Bruce well. would and, and, But we, we all worked that way. Uh, there, was, there wasn't a single person in on the team that wasn't in that state or frame of mind and uh, didn't
0: operate in that fashion. Well, this answers the question. I mean... What sets oh, yeah. Thriller apart? I mean, that doesn't always happen. Quantum feel like it's elusive, isn't it? I mean, does no, that happen on every album? It happens album?
2: to a lesser degree, I think, uh, quite frequently. But this was the example of it truly coming together in 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 a grand fashion. Yeah, because it speaks to, you know, one of the things that people don't think about enough. Um, they use the word energy. They use the word vibe. But but the spirit of each of the individuals oh, yeah. was all aligned. It was pure. Like in life, they they, they, were, they they were all aligned. Yeah, it was. Uh, two, two things related to that. Uh, I have been asked many times, people say, well, did it surprise you what Thriller did? Uh, or did you expect it to do that? I said, nobody in the room had any idea. I remember the day Quincy came over to me and I was doing something. He said, Matt, Matt, what do you think? you know, how, the album, how, how well do you think it's going to do? I, I mean, and I said, well, I think it's going to do real good. You know, the industry's in a tremendous slump, but it's, it's going to do
0: really well. And they were coming from off the wall.
2: Yeah, and off the wall at that point, it sold six million. So I said, it's, it's going to do as well as, as the six million mark. Um, but when people ask me that question, I say, no one in that room knew. But at the same time, it did not surprise me that that happened because of that very thing. That vibe in the room, the only time in my life, that it's, there's been that state of mind in a room working with people uh, at a high level and the synchronicity of everyone's thoughts and everyone's actions just melding into, into Moving this forward, uh, Quincy uh, is famous, and you know this this one very well from We Are the World. He put the sign uh, up outside the recording studio. Uh, when you enter, you leave your ego you at the door. Mm-hmm. Now, Quincy was saying that before, long before. before, long before We Are the World. But that was the understanding when you walked into that room. There wasn't any ego in that room. There was the music. And the music was central to everything. And that was the amazing thing because I watched over the course of all the records that I worked on with Quincy, I watched some amazing musicians come into the room. And there was this thing, there was this thing in the room, there was this vibe, there was this feeling. It was like... Oh, somebody, hey, somebody's come to join our party. Hey, come on in, check out what we're doing. And then the musician would come in, they'd go, wow, this is cool. And then Quincy would uh, talk to him a little bit, and he'd kind of like precondition them before they went out to the (laughs) mic. And they'd go out to the mic, and then they would perform, and they'd say, hey, come on in, let's check it out. And they'd come in, and then it would be playback, and Bruce would have them mixed together, and he'd crank it up. And I cannot tell you the number of times whoever the musician was would just be standing there listening to the, the just the beauty of the sound. And you would go, wow, I did that. That's me. I mean, and when you're talking, you know, really, really high level musicians, really accomplished people, to hear that from someone who you know is one of the top respected people in their field, that there is something else. There is that other thing there. And then, then you know, there. are then, oh, wow, they feel great. And then everybody's feeling just great because it's like, wow, we're one step closer to, to that completion, which, you know, can be elusive because sometimes a lot of long hours, a lot, a lot of effort, a lot of attention to detail. And that's the stuff that while I came into the situation, understanding and knowing it, that was like amplified ten thousand times. Uh, you know, you talk about what I learned everything We well, were seeing well, it, and feeling it. I was it's like doing it. just all in well, front of you. It's like no, I wasn't a fly on the wall. Right. Right. Exactly. I was. <laughs> I was the part of the air that everybody was breathing in the room because that's what we all were doing. We all were kind of breathing in in and, and, and feeling the the, the 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 breath of the song
0: the life of the song now Michael was one of the drivers for, you know of that his, so his what did level you get from of,
2: him? of dedication and perfectionism and the way he was a consummate professional in terms of coming in and being ready for whatever it was that he was going to do um, he was prepared And he knew exactly what he was going to execute, how he was going to execute it, and uh, what he wanted the result to be, Um, to the extent that uh, when he would come in and uh, he would uh, do vocals, um, he would, as, as you know, on some songs he would do his own backing vocals and if it was sometimes Rod would have written an arrangement for the vocals if it was Rod's song of course uh, the vocal arrangement would come from him but sometimes uh, that's what Rod would contribute to to something when they were looking for something that was just right that was going to work. When uh, Michael came in and he knew the song Cole like Billie Jean or Beat It or starting something, Um, he would walk in and he would get to the microphone and he would sing. And uh, later, when I was uh, working on projects with Michael and and I was recording him, um, he would, sometimes he'd get lost in the song and the music and he'd say, oh, is this the basic or the double? And I'd say, it's it's the double, Michael. He'd say, oh, okay, right. He knew exactly every little ad-lib and where it was going to be placed in the stereo spectrum of the mix, before he sang it, he knew exactly how all of that stuff was gonna be coming out and how all those things were going to be counterpoint or how they would be an accent or how they would interplay into how the flow of what was happening musically flowed. And rhythmically. Uh, Especially rhythmically.
1: Join us for the next episode of Michael Jackson's thriller album, Stories in the Room, with your hosts, Anthony Marinelli and Stephen Ray. Watch our extended interviews on youtube.com forward slash at stories in the room. Audio only interviews are available on all podcast networks. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at stories in the room. For the latest news and links, visit the website storiesintheroom.com. This podcast is produced by Christian D. Brune and David Wolf. Recorded by Vita Studios. Additional recording by Ben Rackless. Edited by Jay Spang and Sean Hedinger. Music by Anthony Marinelli and Stephen Ray. Michael Jackson's
0: the Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app.